Hi everyone, it's Joyce. I just wanted to say that I hope you're keeping safe, healthy, and hanging in there. Sending love your way and my thoughts are with you. At this time, no one was talking about the fact that this virus is going to impact black and brown communities disproportionately. No one was talking about it yet. And for me, mental health has always been really important to me. I had my own struggles with it. And so my first thought was, and then the fallout from mental, the mental health fallout is going to be huge. And no, this is going to be massive and no one's talking about it. And I, and I got in the shower thinking, I need, we need to do something about this. You know, we, if we're all about community, then dark beauty needs to step up and figure something out. And while I was in the shower, I had this crazy idea to give away free therapy. So I got out of the shower, I called my co-founder and I told her what I just told you and I said, I think we need to give away free therapy. She said, what? How do we do that? I said, I have no idea, but we're going to figure it out. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hey there, Joyce Baton here, and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Wilma May Basta. She's the co-founder of Dark Beauty, a digital content and community platform that celebrates women of color. Wilma and her co-founder, Danielle Jackson, also started Dark Beauty Healing, which provides 10,000 of free therapy to women of color and strives to continue to give mental resources to them. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Wilma. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Uh, well, it is my pleasure. I have been pouring over your work and your business, and I am just a fan right now. I really want my listeners and viewers to learn more about this wonderful business of yours, your platform, as well as the initiative that you guys just started. I want to learn more about your background, though. So share with me what your background is and what led to building DRK Beauty with Danielle Jackson. Yeah, I'm sorry she couldn't be here today. Uh, we love okay. doing these things together. But um, yeah, so my background. Um, originally, I uh, was born outside of Philadelphia and I grew up uh, on the main line, uh, Villanova, and never really felt like I fit in, uh, being probably one of the very few uh, black families in the area. You know, it was, you know, it was always, um, trying to figure out, you know, where I best fit in. And it wasn't until in the eighties, I was in high school um, and the early eighties. And basically I spent a year abroad in France, which was really the life changer for me. I was in a little village, not, not Paris. I was in a little tiny village in, in the sort of Southern uh, West, uh, Southern Eastern part of France uh, called Saint-Marcelin. And it was really a proper village, like really rural. And it was the first time I ever fit in. It was the first time I ever felt like I belonged. Um, no one cared about the color of my skin. And they were more interested in the fact that I was American. But even after that, it was just, I was a friend. And it was actually a pretty diverse school, although, um, you know, it was in the middle of nowhere and it just changed my life and I realized I felt more at home in Europe. Uh, fast forward to university, uh, in my last year at NYU I went to, I decided to go study abroad in England uh, for a semester 
and I never came back. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that was in uh, 1990, and I've been living in the UK for almost 30 years, but moved back to New York uh, three years ago to begin building uh, Dark Beauty. Uh, but living in the UK, uh, it, you know, it's, it isn't perfect, but it, the first decade that I lived there, again, it felt like I felt that I did belong. I did not feel I had to worry too much about race. I'm not saying they're not, a, they don't have, a, uh, so I'm not saying it's not a racist country, right? Because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're one of the ones who perpetuated the uh, colonialism and slavery. So, but given that time, it, again, it felt like I could thrive. I felt like I, would, I was able to excel in my chosen profession, which at that time was PR. And so I worked in that industry for about 12, 13 years, and then decided I wanted to do something I was passionate about, which was by accident. And I ended up becoming a vintage fashion dealer and I did that for another sort of 13, 15 years. I haven't actually counted. Wow. Uh, and I ended up doing a lot of things like dressing uh, up and coming actresses on the red carpet, uh, collecting high end vintage, uh, and really becoming a self taught fashion historian. I wouldn't say I was a fashion historian, but, I, you know, but I, I'm self taught in fashion history. So it, it, is, it is still a passion of mine but a very difficult business if you, to retire on, if you will. So um, I had, I had uh, really been thinking about what my next chapter would be in my life. And, you know, I, I really felt strongly, I'd been seeing a lot of uh, women of color writing, having their voices heard. I was reconnecting to it myself as my children had become adults. My stepchildren were adults. I'm in, going into my 50s. And oh, you don't I look it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, I turned 53 last April. So, But I really wanted to just connect with that side of me, that, that side of being a woman of color. And... I, so I, you know, it all kicked off with a conversation with my daughter um, about four years ago, where my daughter, who was mixed race, we were talking about our experiences of, of just buying beauty products. It started there as women of color and the challenges that we face in Europe and America. And it got me thinking that I needed to do some research. So I started researching what the market was like. Uh, and initially, this started off in the beauty industry right but what i realized very quickly was that uh almost every industry markets to people of color color either poorly or not at all uh and very few get it right and you know they either are performative that word we now use is ubiquitous now right uh, or they are just getting it outright wrong. And where is the space for women of color to really feel that they can explore their beauty and that something is kind of made for them? So initially I was thinking with the lens of black women, right? Women of African descent. 
but I wanted to see what this looked like. What does this space look like that would be the home for women of color to explore all things beauty? And for me, that was initially a, uh, a community-based platform. So I started to develop an, uh, a concept for a community-based platform where you could find your tribe, people that you identify with, the people that help you to thrive, that have your back, and also invite brands in, not just to market to us, but to create relationships with these communities and long-term relationships, right? So that they not only do the brands themselves learn about these niche communities of color, but they also are not just trying to sell products, they're actually in these communities helping us to thrive. So uh, I basically had uh, built an app, but before the app, I just wanted to, I, it took me several years just to get everything into place and I'm self-funded. And, you know, from, you know, finding advisors to uh, finding a co-founder, that's, that's like finding a husband. So yeah. Danielle's really my work wife. So it took some time to find that. Um, and, and finding my other co-founders, my technical co-founders, the people that I was going to go on this journey with and really setting things up. And that took several years. And then last year, we started off, we wanted to start off slowly. We wanted to start off with, we can't launch the all singing, all dancing app because no one was waiting for us. So we just wanted to start to build these communities and build our voice. So that started simply with a website, a blog and an Instagram page. And so this year was meant to be about, you know, one foot in front of the other and then COVID hit. Yeah. And so we were, you know, everything that we had thought about. And we also wanted to communicate to people that even though the word beauty is in the name, it isn't just about beauty products. Like for us, it's always been, and we wanted to change it because most people's assumptions when they hear beauty is you're in the beauty industry. And I think that that terminology will start to shift in terms of how people think about it, because for us, it was about how do we, how do we make sure we're, we're beautiful inside and out? And no matter how you identify, whether you're male, female, uh, gender nonconforming, uh, whatever your uh, sexual uh, identity is, that doesn't matter. Here is like the place you can come to as a person of color and not just a, a, a person of African descent, but a person of color. So we started to explore what that meant when COVID started in terms of what kind of content we were putting out. Because everything was changing so quickly. Mm-hmm. We were working really, really hard to produce content that we thought was you know, going to still be helpful, keep people upbeat because it was scary and it still is. Yeah. And then I would say around April, I woke up one morning with a very high level of panic. I'm not even going to say anxiety. It was pure panic. And the thought that had occurred to me that morning as I opened my eyes was that no one is talking about the fact that this, at this time, no one was talking about the fact that this virus is going to impact black and brown communities disproportionately. No one was talking about it yet. And for me, mental health has always been really important to me. I had my own struggles with it. And so my first thought was, and then the fallout from mental, the mental health fallout's going to be huge. 
and no, this is going to be massive and no one's talking about it. And I, and I got in the shower thinking, I need, we need to do something about this. You know, we, if we're all about community, then dark beauty needs to step up and figure something out. And while I was in the shower, I had this crazy idea to give away free therapy. So I got out of the shower, I called my co-founder and I told her what I just told you. And I said, I think we need to give away free therapy. She said, what? How do we do that? I said, I have no idea, but we're going to figure it out. And um, we had a new team member join us that week, uh, Shara. And I said, Shara and I are going to, you run day to day. Shara and I are going to figure this bit out. And we just started getting on the phone, talking to therapists. And we very quickly discovered that uh, therapists tend to give away about 20 hours a year pro bono. And I said, well, that's amazing. Would you consider donating 10 of those hours to our initiative? We didn't even have a name for it at that point. But they, they immediately said yes, because we, you know, we said this is going to be a massive problem. They said, we agree. So I said, okay, can you tell 10 of your therapy friends? They said, yeah. So we were on the phone for like a month straight, like nine in the morning till seven o'clock at night, talking to therapists and just saying, can you give us the hours? Rounding my them up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then my, and then, so we, we, my developers in the meantime, uh, volunteered to build a directory for us on our site. We didn't want to get involved with any data. Uh, we just wanted it to be simple with no hurdles come onto our website, go into our directory for therapists, find a therapist in your state and email them directly and get, uh, and get free therapy. And we launched on May the 15th and we called it Dark Beauty Healing. And we got some really great shout outs from some high profile people. And we had a few hundred hours of donated therapy at that point. By the end of the first month, we had a thousand hours of donated therapy, wow. and we now have over two thousand hours of, of uh, therapy that we have uh, we've rounded up ourselves. And uh, about a month in is when Cynthia Rivo, the actress, discovered us, and she joined our initiative, and she also donated twenty five thousand dollars. And we just finished doing a fundraiser. Uh, to raise money because we intend to start paying these therapists that have donated hours so they can continue the therapy and the work. And uh, yeah, we raised about, in total, we've raised about $135,000. Uh, but we still have a lot more work to do and that's like a drop in the bucket for, because therapy, you know, isn't, uh, isn't cheap and it shouldn't be. Yeah. It's really important work that we do. So yeah, so we're, we're in the process of pivoting the business now um, to, uh, to mental health and wellness. Um, and, and that's where we are right now. So, so that's the, <laughs> that's the whole, yeah. that's me. That's yeah. amazing. So I want to talk about this, you know, for example, I want to, I want to get free therapy. So per person, is there like a limit number of hours? And then after that, you will probably move me to, you know, that, program where I can continue receiving other resources. So how does it work? Yeah. So we're still working on this phase two, if you will, uh, and defining what that means. But right now, the way that we're working it is that, um, so let's say a therapist donates 10 hours. We ask them mm -hmm. to donate a minimum of 10 hours. Some have donated okay. more hours. But 
the th from what we learned from therapists, they will we allow them to allocate those hours as they see fit. They usually say it's a minimum of five hours per person. Mm -hmm. And uh, but they may decide to work with one person, give all of those hours to that person. At the moment, that's how it works. And when they run out of those hours, they let us know, and then we mark it on our site that they've run out of hours. Now, going forward, we don't want people to slip through the net. Um, but we also, as a, as a free service, um, you know, this is meant to be a stopgap, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is so we there will probably be a minimum amount of hours and a maximum amount of hours that you can have on the site before you need to start creating a paid relationship with that particular therapist. Uh, we want to keep it free. We want as many people to use the service. Um, this was our response to COVID initially. And then obviously with what happened to George Floyd and the murders that continue to happen and the ongoing racial trauma that, you know, at least in the African American community, we're experiencing, you know, day in, day out. So this is meant to get you on that therapy path and then eventually uh, move to a paid relationship. And so what we're doing right now is we prepare for this phase two is we're exploring uh, how best to structure uh, the service because we literally pulled this all together in like a month. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, you did amazing. And just to know that these resources are available to you, that's, and then even have that Instagram and the website and the blog page where aside just from therapy, it's a whole community where you will feel like, I mean, in the beginning of a COVID, I really didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, okay, this is all going to be done in a month. We can all go back to our daily lives. But it wasn't. Right. And then, like, and then it still like kept changing and changing. And that's when anxiety starts to kick in. You're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to my job? Um, even like, yeah, like as you mentioned, the things that started to happen quickly with racial injustice, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, it's just like, it's hard to ignore these situations and events that are happening, even if, you know, we try to be balanced, right? You know, we want to do our part in helping out, but at the same time, do our part in taking care of ourselves. And I love that the dark yes. beauty is doing just that. It's actually like a balance, providing yes. resource, helping out on what to do, on like, you know, your current situation. And at the time, bringing awareness on like mental health, because mental health is a public issue right now Massive. yeah mm -hmm. it really is and you know it's a global issue and we need to start taking it more seriously because no matter who you are no matter where you fall on the socioeconomic scale no matter what color your skin your mental health has has to be prioritized and we are hoping to not only build the services out but also to help destigmatize mental health, especially in communities of color. Because it's we crazy know how, how it's still a exists. it's crazy how it's still a stigma, right? You, you would think because there's a lot of more resources and it seems like it's being more talked about, it's still a stigma. I mean, I can admit that growing up in um, the Philippines as an Asian, we didn't really talk about mental health at all. You know, I was not brought up say like, it's okay to see a therapist. They would automatically categorize you as crazy, as in like crazy, like straight jacket type of crazy if you would go and see a yes. therapist. And I even um, had to, during college, I wasn't like 
you know, typical like young woman going through the stress of college. I actually went and saw like our school counselor slash therapist behind like everyone's back because I didn't want people to judge me that there was something wrong with me. Oh no, she's like experiencing this thing. She doesn't have her stuff together. So, I mean, it's just, I can't believe it's still a stigma. Yeah. And how do you, um, yeah. what do you hope that dark beauty can help alleviate and also just change this mindset about mental health? Well, I think it's done in, in, there's lots of different ways that this can be done. A lot of it's through storytelling. Uh, you know, storytelling, I share my, my mental health journey and I have done um, for some time personally, but now I do so publicly. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, I found myself with severe depression, uh, so much so that I had to be hospitalized. And I was in a psychiatric facility uh, for six weeks. It was really serious. And I was the person that always looked like they had, I had my stuff together, right? I was not the person that ever had mental health issues that I know of. And, um, uh, and also, you know, I certainly didn't think that was something I could access as a black woman, because of course, I, you know, my mother once told me, you know, black people don't faint. So that is a powerful message yeah. to tell me, because of course that means that that's not really for me. Or, you know, and so I thought I could just carry all of this stuff until I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. That's and the then, same with an know, Asian background, you know, being like strong and resilient. <laughs> strong and resilient. And so when I, when I left hospital, um, it was definitely the lowest point in my life, but I, and I'm sure I have this, this part in me that always gets up and fights, right? Because of that resilience. But I said to myself, when I came out, I said, I'm not going to hold shame around this because it's too much. It's too much to carry. I don't have the bandwidth to carry shame. And if someone really has a problem with it, it isn't actually my problem. It's theirs. So I, what I'm going to do is use this experience as ground zero for rebuilding what my life should look like based on my terms, not living for anybody else. And I, I was able to spend the next year uh, really exploring what that looked like through the lens of therapy, uh, through the lens of reading a lot more about mental health, reading about different traditions and philosophies and things. And so I built my own sort of wellness package for my life. And as we here at Dark Beauty begin to pivot, you know, our core mission right now is to empower people to also build their own life wellness package. What does that look like? Not what we tell you it is, for sure. It's not an algorithm that you answer some questions and out pops your perfect package because we're, we're not last I checked I'm still human so what we want to do is be able to empower you to explore and discover what that could look like for you and you put it together you build your life you take ownership of that and my 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 experience in that mental health journey was both the worst and the best thing that could have ever happened to me because now 
we're in this position where I understand it innately. You know, I had this very deep experience and I saw all these people in hospital from all walks of life, all walks of life, who were trying to get better. And it was hard. It's really, really hard in the world that we live in today. So for us to be able to help people to do that to me is like just working from my high heart and my highest purpose. And that just fills me with joy. I love it. I love it. And I think it's, it's um, as we've mentioned earlier, it's really good to have awareness and that, you know, these resources are available to us because maybe, you know, nothing as drastic is probably hitting you right now, but people that are working from home, I have heard that and I have read articles that we are actually clocking in even more hours. We are, you know, we've already been high functioning before COVID, but now they're working from home, it's even more. We are like, driving ourselves over the edge just because you know the living room or wherever your like home office is is just right there roll out of bed and just you know we don't have that separation anymore so mental health i think has definitely increased even more during um you know this pandemic we do have to be careful employers really really need to pay attention to this and they need to develop a strategy because you know, with borders, people can't just go on holiday the way they used to. And, you know, A, because either borders keep changing or, you know, their policies keep changing or they're afraid to because they don't want to catch the virus. So you're, you're at home, you're, you've got your family responsibilities, you are either on your own and you won't don't leave. And it's really important now to start crafting what your your wellness looks like and how to do that. And it's, it's gonna take a lot of work from individuals, but it's also gonna take a lot of work from companies looking after their employees and it should really be prioritized for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that dark beauty is all about, you know, placing importance on the beauty and inside out. And I really resonate with that because here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. So I wouldn't ask you, what advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their be within? So I think we, I was having this conversation with my husband today. We were talking about the difference between uh, self-esteem and self-love. And what does that mean? And I think both need to be cultivated. Uh, I hear a lot of people talking about imposter syndrome. I hear a lot of people talking about uh, anxiety, depression. I hear a lot of people talking about, well, just go and meditate. Or, you know, so the advice I would give to people is to, is to start with just being still. We are not taught, we're not conditioned to be still and to listen to our souls, right? Meditation is really helpful with learning how to be still. And also, we now live in this world where we're constantly attached to our devices, right? That's, a, that's an all, all new thing in the last decade. What did we do before that? We weren't attached to our devices, right? Not in the same way as we are now. So my advice, anyone trying to, to start with, right? If you want like one simple thing to just do, I, don't have, I could give you 20 steps, but that wouldn't be helpful is focus on being still. 
even if it's for one minute, just one minute, be still. And if you don't know how to be to still your mind, my suggestion is to listen to your breath. Listen to your breath and don't beat yourself up when your mind starts wandering. It's okay. You just bring it back to your breath. Any good meditation teacher will teach you that. It's not about like, oh, I don't know how to meditate because my mind is all over the place. My mind still goes all over the place and I've been meditating for a long time. But if I reserve five minutes for myself to not even meditate, but just to sit, not to fiddle, just to look at, even if it's just looking at the wall. Like we're always trying to like, if we're, our hands are idle or our minds are idle, we, what do we do? We pick up our phone. What's happening on Instagram? I have a few free moments. You know, how many people are we start snacking phone into the bathroom <laughs> or we, we start, start snacking, mindlessly <laughs> eating. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, because the mind can sometimes be a scary place for people, they fill it with distractions. So that's why I say, start with one minute, just do one minute, do that for like two weeks. And I, and I'm a big advocate of baby steps. I don't think you have to have the solution today. Um, but I think if you just do one thing consistently and then layer on like a layer cake, right? You start with one layer, get that one layer right, put on a little icing, that looks good. And you're ready for the next one. And then you put a little icing on that, you master it, you perfect it, and then you put on another layer. And before you know it, you look back, like I meditate probably, um, I, I tend to meditate most days, right? I go through, it definitely have ha has had a bit of a wobble during the pandemic. I started with five minutes of meditation. I probably meditate about 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes a day. And some days I do 15. It depends how I feel. I listen to, when I wake up, I listen to how I feel or my feet even touch the ground. So that's, so my advice would be to find your beauty inside and out. Start with just being still and, and just cultivate that uh, for a while and then, then start adding on to that and then start maybe doing meditation. Once you start doing meditation and you, your mind starts to quiet down, you start to see the things that really matter um, and it just comes up naturally. That's what I, would say. I love that. Thank you. These are great tips. But I also want to explore even more. I know during COVID-19, would you have any, aside from being still, which is such a great like takeaway tips, would you have other tangible tips on how we can, you know, stay mentally healthy during COVID-19? I'm sure you've learned so much from, you know, um, your great resources and even actress Cynthia Eviro. So I want to learn more about this. Yeah. Um, so the things that I've adopted for myself, um, I've turned off the news. Mm. Uh, I know how I'm going to vote. I don't need any more convincing. I'm not learning anything else from the debates unless there's some sort of titillation there, which I don't get from that. But I do know that the news can be and is traumatic for a lot of people and the constant news flow and there isn't really anything good. So I, I like to learn. Um, so I'd rather spend that time, uh, you know, cultivating my reading uh, or learning about something new that I didn't know before. 
so that's one of the ways that I, I help to navigate through this and keep my spirit in check. Um, exercise, right? One of the, one of the, we have a dog in, uh, in New York and when we were on lockdown, we had to walk the dog. So we took that as an opportunity to go for at least two, I was the only exercise we could do really at that time. So uh, we did really, really long walks with our dog. Poor thing was worn out, but we got our exercise in. <laughs> and, um, but exercise is really important. I, I, I just recently bought a Peloton mm. bike, which Cynthia Revo is a huge fan of, if you follow her stories. Yes. Um, and um, I, I have to say it was a really good uh, investment. It's quite fun and they have a variety of exercises. But, um, you know, one of the things that Cynthia really talks about is the fitness. She gets out, she runs, she jogs, she pelotons. She does all of that stuff, which is really helpful for her. She mixes it up with, uh, she has seen a therapist before and uh, she takes this holistic view. For me, Right now, I don't see a therapist, but what I do, so again, I really, like I said before, I really believe in crafting your own wellness package. And one of the things that I do is I see a woman who, um, who does something called life alignment. Uh, I'm not the best person to explain what this is. I tend to go to things that are more spiritual, if you mm -hmm. will. Uh, but the best way I can explain life alignment is a, a, a blend between therapy and um, and like a uh, a spiritual healer, so it's this mix, and it's always worked for me. And I only go when I need to, right? And she's doing virtual sessions now. She's actually in the UK, uh, but sometimes when I'm feeling wobbly, and you know, I just need to have someone help me to rebalance, it somehow always works for me. Yeah. And this was all trial and error, right? Over the years, you know, I had, I tried different things. And then sometimes I do need therapy. Like sometimes, you know, I just can't work things out and, or I feel myself start, like I know now what I look like when I'm starting to go down. Like I didn't know that before. Mm -hmm. And when I see that start, that little dip start and I go, oh, let me just nip this one in the bud. I will start <laughs> making some appointments with my therapist. Yeah. And and I'll sort of balance myself back, you know, into this. It's always about coming back to the middle. Um, the other thing that I find really useful for me, I'm not religious, uh, I, but I do really have a lot of time for element, elements of Buddhism. And one of my favorite teachers is uh, Pema Chodron, who's oh. a Buddhist monk. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, uh no. she's amazing and again, i will I look her up her. and link her in the bio so that Please i can do. share with the and listeners and viewers definitely and and the thing i like about pema chodron is she's she's no nonsense she's funny and i personally listen to her audiobooks right so she's but she's not it's not dogmatic right mm -hmm. and it's all about like this notion of exploring certain things and exploring your mind and watching your mind. And that was so powerful to me, was learning how to watch my mind, because then I could see when I was going into patterns, right? And I could then interrupt that. So Pema Chodron has many books. Uh, 
that are really helpful. I know she does one called When Things Fall Apart and um, How Not to Get Hooked is the one mm. I, I think that I really, really love. And that was a really powerful book for me because I used to get hooked a lot when people would do things and I would get like, <laughs> it's a powerful book. So she, she's, uh, so those are like some of the go-tos that, uh, that I do. Uh, when we were not in COVID times, uh, every few years, occasionally I do run myself down. Uh, I'm not the kind of person that likes to go to a spa, right? With, you know, it's, it's just doesn't really do much for me. I needed something that deals with both physical and spiritual. And I happened to discover just uh, over a decade ago, uh, Ayurvedic uh, medicine. And I discovered this Ayurvedic, they call it a hospital. It's actually a, a really nice, it's a hospital, it's a really nice hospital. But it's a place in, 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 in uh, India, in Kerala, oh, wow. uh, which is the home of Ayurveda. And every few years I, I treat myself when I go there, it's a two week minimum stay, but very few people are there. You, um, it's really, a, it's, it's not for the faint hearted. It is not for people who like to spa. This is really serious work that they do here. And, uh, but inevitably when I leave, I've gone for two weeks, three weeks and four weeks. Oh, and wow. yeah, and it's, it just, it just really is the most magical thing uh, that I've ever done. Um, I can't, obviously can't go anymore. Not that I need to now, but, you know, everything shut down, especially in India. But there are Ayurvedic uh, doctors in America. And uh, some of the work, uh, the work that Ayurvedic doctors do is amazing. So I would always suggest if someone wants to explore Ayurveda, you could find someone in your city. There's, most of the big cities will have Ayurvedic doctors in them, and they're worth seeing. That's amazing. Thank you for these tangible tips. I want to talk about your beauty routine. So what are your skincare, hair care, and makeup routine morning to night quickly include products? Um, right. So skincare. Um, in the mornings, I, I use, I love Sunday Riley. Um, mm. I use their CEO glow oil in the morning. Uh, has turmeric in it. I love the way it just kind of glides on my skin and I massage it in. Um, I recently started using um, these the little under eye things that, that have like collagen and gold in them. I, yeah, those, yeah, call it, those uh, eye patches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I started using those in the morning because when I, because right now I'm not in New York. So whenever I change temperatures and atmospheres, my eyes tend to get really puffy in the morning. Mm. So I've been using those here. They work, but it's an, it's a generic brand. I got them from Amazon. Um, and I also use um, sunscreen. Um, so I use the Murad. Uh, sunscreen. Uh, it's a, I think it's a 50 SPF. It's like a moisturizer sunscreen. It's really good for the city. Mm -hmm. Oh, I use the same thing. I think it's like city block or something. Uh, yeah, something it's like, like that. It's, yes. it's a white bottle, but has an orange, um, orange, orange color or design on it. Yeah, that's the same one I use. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's the one I use. I really like the way it goes on your skin. Mm -hmm, um, and then 
in the evenings. So it depends on how my skin feels. So in the day I use, I tend to use the Sunday Riley, but sometimes I want something with cream rather than oil. So I use Tatcha products. I love Tatcha skincare mm. products. So I use, I cleanse my face. Um, they have the uh, creamy rice powder, um, soapy cleanser, which I use. And uh, sometimes they have one that's a little bit more granular, that's a little bit more exfoliating that I use as well. And then in the evenings, what I tend to use is the uh, another Sunday Riley Luna. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's there it has a, I think it's got retinol in it, mm-hmm. and it's dark blue oil. And that I use that. Well, I layer my 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 face at night, so I use that. I massage that oil in, and then I use um, Charlotte Tilbury Magic Night Cream. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yes, I know. <laughs> I love it too. So, I just have to like use I'm, such a tiny amount, but then it's tiny. Like, oh, I, I just want to put it all over my body though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you know, I got hooked because the, I got the first one for free. It was a gift. Mm. And I was like, oh, what's this? And then I started using it. I was like, oh no, I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I try to make one part of it last six months, um, which I'm, I'm so that I only have to buy it twice a year, but still it's an investment. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it works well, you know, that's, there's a reason sometimes certain products is like the way it's priced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And hair care, it's just like pretty low maintenance. Oh, no, it's not low maintenance. No. <laughs> I'm a black woman. Hair care was never, ever low maintenance. <laughs> um, it's a hard one because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I feel like I'm always on a constant journey to find the best product for my hair. And I'm still on that journey. I don't mm-hmm. think, like I have my natural hair and I've also got alopecia. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you know, had gone to see a doctor about the alopecia and they gave me uh, drops, which ended up making my face look like Wolfman Jack, right? And so <laughs> I, it, 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 the hair wasn't really growing back where it should. It was growing in different yeah. places. So I stopped using that. And, um, you know, I've tried everything from Jamaican castor oil to all sorts of other things. And then also it gets dry very quickly. So I have different products. You know, I would imagine that pretty much every black woman that I know has like a suite of products mm. for hair, depending on season or I tried that, but it doesn't really work, but I'm not going to throw it away. And so you have a whole shelf just full of hair products. And yeah. I, so I don't know if I've got, if I have a favorite, a favorite line, it's Talia Wajid. Right. Oh, I like okay. her products. They're more natural, but they also, for me and my hair and the texture of my hair, which I would say is probably like a 4B, 4A, 4B, it really does uh, help me to manage it. But, you know, I'm trying different products. I need different products for different things. So it's a really hard one to answer, that one. Yeah. No, it's okay. I actually had this um, previous guest on. Her name is Brittany Ogike. She is the owner of um, a black beauty supply store called Beauty Beast. I could connect you to her. Nice. And then she has like such an 
array of like natural high end, um, you know, anything that, you know, women of color, especially black women need. So that that's going to be probably like a yes. treat for you to like go through and pour over yes. her website. Yeah, because I did. I was like, yes. wow, this and, and they also even offer like if you are ever visiting um, West Coast and LA, they offer facials. So that's really amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is amazing. Yes, I'd uh -huh. love to be connected to her. Yes, <laughs> will do. So what is something exciting in store for you in the near future? Oh, well, there, to be honest with you, there are some exciting things that are going to be happening with Dark Beauty as we pivot uh, into to be fully into wellness and mental health and some really amazing partnerships, which I can't talk about yet. Okay. Um, so I wish I could, but I can't. Um, for me, that's really the most exciting thing is this pivot that we're doing and, um, and really being able to make a difference in, uh, in, in people's wellness journeys. Um, you know, the other thing that's really exciting for me personally at the moment is the decision that I made to become nomadic. Mm. Uh, and I decided, my husband and I both had COVID a few weeks ago and really grateful that we both recovered with minimal side effects apart from the fatigue which is for real so we so but it was around that time that i decided since we've been running our business remotely that i didn't need to be attached to one place and i thought well borders permitting i would like to start exploring a little bit more mm -hmm. so we um we just, so I, I will start being officially nomadic from December and borders permitting, like I said, I'll be doing, you know, a little globe trotting and uh, doing some of the things amazing. I love doing, which is skiing. So I'm going to spend oh, a month wow. skiing. I love, um, yeah, no, I mean, with your kind of business, you can be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 And also, uh, you know, I think it's really important if I'm building a business that I don't wear myself out, that I'm walking the talk, right? And that I'm doing things that, you know, allow me to self-actualize if I can, right? Because there was a period of time where I couldn't move. You know, my children were in the UK and I was in New York. I couldn't even get on a plane to go. If my daughter was in hospital or my son, I couldn't even just get on a plane to go and see them. So now that borders are opening, you know, I'm, I've had it and I can start kind of crafting a different life, a new chapter. Then, you know, and I'm, I'm that kind of person anyway, where I'm not afraid of like just reinventing my life, right? What does that look like? And so that's kind of what we're doing. So that's one of the things I'm really, really excited about. And right now I'm in Turks and Caicos. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. So, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of places, because the tourism industry has been decimated, you know, you can get a good deal in, in, yeah. in a lot of places. So I'm kind of taking advantage of that. Yeah, I know. When I saw your background earlier, I instantly was transported to where you were. I was like, oh, feels like a vacation just looking at you and your background. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm so happy and grateful that you and your husband are well and have recovered. Thank you. So, um, and we will definitely keep in touch. And also, people, so. yeah, we will give a look out and also like watch out for what Dark Beauty is up to. So we want to know what your social channels are so we can keep up with this yeah. and all these updates. So uh, you can follow Dark Beauty at 
at this is DRK Beauty. Uh, you can also follow my personal account where I probably will start documenting. I'm not that I'm not that good at updating all the time, but I think once I start this nomadic journey, um, I'll put more on social. So my handle is at what's my handle at Wilma D DRK Beauty. So W I L M A DRK Beauty. And um, yeah, I'll be there. Great. Thank you so much, Wilma. I had such a great time talking with you. Thank you, Joyce. So Yay. lovely to speak to you. And thank you for having me on.